the La Crosse Public Library Archives presents Dark Lacrosse Stories, a series in collaboration with the La Crosse Tribune. Dark Lacrosse is a suite of programs that feature the seedier side of lacrosse history and also include a downtown walking tour, a trolley tour, and an annual stage production with new content each year. For 45 years, 4th Street was the home of Ted's Barbershop, owned and operated by Ted Lappitz. It was a hot and humid day on July 20, 1934. Lappitz had his front door propped open in order to catch a breeze. That afternoon, a large Cadillac pulled up to the curb with four men in it. The man in the back seat, wearing a leather jacket, exited the vehicle, came into the shop, and requested a shave. As Lappitz was laying hot towels on his patron's face, he noticed a pair of guns on either side of the man's jacket. Lappitz quickly realized he was about to give a shave to the most wanted criminal in the country, John Dillinger. Dillinger was part bank robber, part celebrity, and part legend. Even though he was a wanted criminal, he often attended Wrigley Field to watch his beloved Chicago Cubs. It's hard to separate fact from fiction. Some say he would rob banks pretending to be a sales rep from the company that sold the bank its alarm system. Others claimed he would pose as part of a film crew that was searching for locations for a bank robbery scene. Bank customers would just smile as the actual robbery took place, convinced it was make-believe. Another story claims that while robbing a bank, a farmer went to hand Dillinger his money, and Dillinger responded, We don't want your money, just the banks. And he did get the banks, over $300,000 worth. Shaving such a notorious, heavily armed criminal had to have been unnerving. But it got worse. Looking out at the Cadillac, Lappitz recognized another wanted criminal behind the wheel, Babyface Nelson. Don't you call me that. That's not my name. Don't listen to this chucklehead. My name is Lester Joseph Gillis. But my friends call me Jimmy. Any of you swells want to call me babyface, then perhaps you'd like to hear from my business associate. That would be a custom 38 caliber automatic pistol. And if you see me skin it, it's going to be the last thing you'll ever see. Babyface, I despise that name. I got that nickname after lifting some rocks and other jewelry from the wife of Chicago Mayor Big Bill Thompson. That lousy dame described me as having a baby face, and that stinking moniker has stuck with me ever since. Yeah, I dropped Johnny off here for a shave. That guy was always worried about his looks. Kind of a pretty boy. I'd been in plenty of shaves with Johnny. I helped him escape from jail in Crown Point, Indiana. I helped him lift 49000 from Security Bank in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and then another boatload from the First National Bank in Mason City, Iowa. Yeah, plenty of shaves together. But unfortunately, I wasn't with him at the end. Just two days later, John Dillinger would be shot and killed by G-Men outside the Biograph Theater in Chicago. He was clean-shaven, so it's safe to assume he had received another shave before his demise, but one lacrosse resident would never forget his first-hand encounter with Public Enemy Number 1. Public Enemy Number 1. That's what they would call me after Johnny's death. Has a much more commanding ring to it than Babyface, don't you think? 
And now I'd like to welcome in Bill Peterson, former archives librarian who recently retired after 34 years of service, who did some of the initial research for this story. This is one of the first dark lacrosse stories. The original concept of dark lacrosse was to present true stories on a walking tour that could be connected to a specific place, usually a building, in the central part of downtown lacrosse. While the dark lacrosse suite of programs has moved beyond downtown now, we were still limited to the downtown core in that first year. This story differs from all the other dark lacrosse events in one important aspect. All the other stories could be documented and verified through original newspaper accounts and other sources. But this particular story is just that, a story. It's lacrosse barber Ted Lappitz telling a lacrosse Tribune reporter about his encounter with John Dillinger 40 years after the man known as public enemy number one allegedly came into his barbershop. I'd like to think that we can take Mr. Lappet's word on this account because it's such a good story, but my efforts to verify his story did come up empty. In the article where Lappet's talked about his encounter with Dillinger, he said it happened on July 27, 1934, two days before Dillinger was killed in Chicago. However, Dillinger was actually killed on July 22, 1934. Now, this could have been a misprint by the newspaper or a slight mistake in memory by Mr. Lappet's. Whatever the reason, some may feel an error like this could cast some doubt on the story's authenticity. To try and verify the barber's story, I went back and scanned the Lacrosse Tribune for the latter half of July 1934. I was hoping to find an article with a headline something like, Young Lacrosse Barber Had Dillinger for a Customer. I would think this would have been a pretty big deal, especially once Dillinger's death in Chicago had made national headlines. But I found no such article. It's certainly possible the young barber may have decided to keep quiet about the encounter, with fear being the most understandable motivation. Dillinger was dead, but Babyface Nelson, the man Lappets, said was in Dillinger's car outside his barbershop, was still alive. Maybe Lappets was afraid that Nelson would, wouldn't like a citizen bragging about spotting gangsters in their town and tipping off the police. In any case, as an archives librarian that spent 34 years preserving the history of lacrosse and taking pride in its accuracy, I still wish we had some kind of verification of this story. Before closing, I would like to mention that Ted Lappets and his barbershop had another encounter with fame. He was filmed by the old CBS television news show, On the Road with Charles Corral. after Corral noticed the unusual barber, barber pole outside the Lappets shop. Americana was the central theme of the CBS show, and Kralt was doing a segment on barber poles across the country. Because of constant vandalism, Lappets had replaced his traditional glass pole with one made out of a cast iron stove pipe. Lappets simply painted the classic red and white barber pole stripes on it. This armor-plated barber pole caught Kralt's eye, and the rest, as they say, and in this case, I can say for a fact, is history. Thank you for listening.